Is Exorcist 3 the best Exorcist sequel? Well, the short answer is yes. The long answer is coming up. Tonight, we close out the Exorcist series with The Exorcist 3 on the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. You're listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello, Matt. Hello, Justin. Yo, Joe. Hey, Joe. All right, guys. So, Exorcist Month got uh, derailed in, in, in some ways, uh, a la sexy vampire teeth fashion. I think because, A, <laughs> Exorcist Believer was kind of a flop, and we kind of decided to save that. Now, it doesn't seem to matter, because uh, I saw that it's on streaming right now. You can rent it. And that's... Ready? Streaming? That's, yeah, that's shocking to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could rent it, like, you know... The $20 rental fee, you know, because it's in the theaters, but... Um, Two weeks into which one? Oh, really? That's a, that's, that was surprisingly fast, like shockingly fast. My theory is that they were like, oh, no, it's tanking. It's not making the box office revenue. We got to recoup some expenses. Let's put it on streaming at an inflated price and get it out before Halloween. And hopefully this weekend they make a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. right? Yeah, most likely. I think that that, that and, and I think it's a smart move because yeah. I wasn't going to go to the theater to see it once I heard it was so bad, but I would have rented it for that price in October. So I'll, I'll probably want to watching it, you know, in the next like couple days or so if I can. We also kind of discussed uh, off mic, right, that we're just not going to have an episode dedicated to the prequels because they're kind of rough and uh, we just want to have a good October. We didn't want to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> for um, you know that was uh, something Matt was saying. I'm like, yeah, man, I definitely fucking agree with that because he was like, not looking forward to it, but I wanted to be a completionist with it. But you know, we're going to talk about them uh, briefly at the end of this episode, and that's going to be the wrap up of Exorcist Month. Yeah, so hopefully, you guys, you've been enjoying what we put out there. Uh, there's been a lot of episodes that were in the backlog that I've been putting out on the weekends. So. Um, I've gotten good feedback on them, so hopefully you guys enjoy those. So, uh, yeah, so now we're going to talk about the Exorcist 3, and we'll talk about the prequels at the end. Exorcist 3 was, uh, I guess, a direct follow-up to the first Exorcist, being that it doesn't really talk about Exorcist 2. I guess it doesn't really exclude that it happened either, but it feels like that is a direct sequel to this, the first one. I don't know if that's what's out there, but, you know, do you, you guys kind of got that impression too, just because like, <laughs> nothing was mentioned at all about yeah, that's how it yeah. was written. Is um, you know the book Legion was written as a sequel to The Exorcist by the original author. Uh, yeah, and that's how I mean Exorcist Two could have never happened, and you would never know. If I'm not mistaken, they wanted to call this movie just Legion, but they were like, "I'll oh, put Exorcist Three in there." Right, so you know, and that's see it. When, yeah, yeah. Well, the book was written by William Peter Blatley, the, the first book and the follow-up book, Legion, that Matt was just mentioning. And then he came in to direct this movie. Now, he's only directed, like I think, like two or three movies. This was more of a follow-up to The Exorcist, uh, and this was something that he wanted to take the reins on. And I got to say, it's a pretty decent movie. Uh, it's, got, it's, got, it's got its flaws, obviously, like you know most of these movies, except for the original. I think in terms of Exorcist sequels, it's probably the best one. And I think it's because... So there's no probably about it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely this is a great movie. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't 
It's like, yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Like, I think this is, I'm not of the crowd that would argue it's better than the original, but there's actually people that are like, yeah, I like three better than the original. I can, and I'm I like, okay. Yeah. I would take the vote for the first movie, but I would, I would gladly engage with, an, you know, a, a debate with that person not thinking they're crazy, you know? Because the movies are very different, you know. This isn't really like an exorcist, so to speak. They they kind of shoehorn that in. I feel like at one point, it's really about like a, a serial killer that may or may not be possessed. Right? The movie is very dialogue heavy, but it's good dialogue because the movie was directed by an author. So you know that's yeah. kind of his forte, and you could see that. I gotta say, like my favorite parts aren't really the horror as much or the special effects as much as just the dialogue, especially between the two main characters, like the priest and the cop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if, if you ask me how I feel about this movie, um, it's going to be very similar to the way the cop feels about Todd. Uh, it's a tasty fish. I have no issues with it. <laughs> that's ju- that's ju- uh, Justin's five-second review. <laughs> that's Justin's five-second review. Fish. <laughs> yeah, but I also would not want the extras three swimming in my tub. Yeah, so uh, our lead characters are played by uh, George C. Scott, who plays uh, William Kinderman, and then Father Joseph Dyer, who was played by Ed Flanders. We have Jason Miller coming back as Damien Karras. All right, look, uh, spoilers. <laughs> I should say the spoilers. Well, obviously, everything we talk about with the Exorcist is spoilers, but like, you know, there, there are like big spoilers in here. If you haven't seen The Exorcist 3, um, it's, it's 100% worth a watch if you've enjoyed the first one. It's free on Tubi. That's where I watched it. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it might be on Peacock as well. I, no, I watched it on Peacock. I'm sorry. But it's also on Tubi. Uh, it, you know, it's free on uh, Prime. Okay. These movies are split up too much, I feel like. You know, because the first two are on Max. This is on something else. I don't really know why that's like that, but whatever. But I'm sure that streaming companies kind of vied for who would get the streaming rights in the upcoming Belieber coming out. Yeah. And the loser got Heretic. Like, what's left at the table? Oh, man. This is like backwash. Um, but I, I'll start by saying that this movie is a great sequel, but also just a good movie. It, it works on its own. I have a few issues with it, which is just like the, the narrative is sloppy. Um, there's a lot of like just very obvious plot holes in the movie. Like just weird shit. Like for, I have a hard time getting over the fact that like nobody had cameras in the hospital. Because it, it, this takes place 15 years after the original movie. So it's 1990, right? You have CCTVs at that point and VHS tapes that are recording uh, surveillance footage, right? But there's none of it for some reason. There's like zero of it. There's a couple other things that happen in the movie. I'm just like, yeah, it feels almost like a dream sometimes because of like the incoherence of it all than like a fleshed out film. Uh, And that's like my only complaint with it. Other than that, I think it's really good. As far as plot holes, you're like the the lack of security. And what else would you say is a plot hole? I'm not saying (laughs) plot holes as much as... You know, like, you don't get the impression that it's, like, a little bit more, like, art vanguard sometimes than, like, an actual, like, movie. Especially, like, the end. Like, it's very, like, ambiguous what's going on, like, towards that, the end. Yeah, the no, there's... I feel like it took me, like, three watches to really get it. Right. Like, right. Lot, Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, even to know that the scenes with Patient X is, like, how it changes characters is based on who is in you know spirit is possessing him at the given time you right. know but it's weird because pazuzu speaks through Karis, so it's i don't know 
Yeah. You know, and, and we don't like, you know, we, we only know what we're seeing. So we see that, you know, Kinderman is, is, is seeing this patient X as Damien Karras, right? But then we also see... No, right. As, he is Damien Karras. Right. Yeah, and he's seeing him as the Gemini. Right, but then, but, yeah, but we, we see him as a Gemini, right? Because, like, he goes through the file at one point. There's a f- picture of, you know, Brad Dorif on the front, right, of that dossier folder. So, like, clearly, like, that is the Gemini killer because he's going through his shit and he sees that he was killed. But we're seeing that a lot. Oh, so the whole time he's seeing Karras, yeah, is what you're saying. Right, right. But we're, yeah. we're seeing something else. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. I guess just to make it easier for us to understand that who is speaking now is the Gemini. Or, yeah, but it did not make it easier than the yeah, first one. Yeah. second one. <laughs> I was like, what the, what the fuck? Right. Yeah. It, it, it took a while for that idea to click for me. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely didn't understand that on my first watching this movie was, I had no idea what the fuck was going on yeah, I thought that he was just hallucinating that it looked like Karis and then it was actually Dorf as the person you know what I mean Yeah. but then I was like oh no that's exactly what the Gemini look like it is you know so it kind of like it removes for us as the audience like the is it him or is it not him? It's supposed to be telling you, yeah, it's actually happening, but we're not struggling with our belief. You're watching Kinderman struggle with his belief. Right. Right, yeah. And that's kind of a genius way to go about it. Oh, yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah, but the, obviously like, the other plot hole, right, is that like he would have fucking decomposed. Like if, they, if they're saying like it's his, his, it's his body came back and it was possessed, like, all right, well, like it was 15 years ago, you know? Well, I don't, I don't, no, I don't see that as a plot hole because, like, didn't this patient show up? Wait, now I don't remember. Let me, let me explain. So, in the, I'm, I'm gonna, it's gonna sound silly, but it's gonna make a point. In the first movie, Reagan's head spins around 360 degrees and her neck doesn't break and stuff like that. Yeah. Is it can manipulate bodies, you know, and not kill the person. So, that's where I'm assuming is like point one is that Pazuzu can manipulate, you know, uh, physical bodies to some degree. Let's just say that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. All right. Let's just, yeah. Cause we can all agree on that to some degree. You know, we can argue about the degree and like what was real and what was hallucinated. I get that. You know, like we'll just leave it, we'll leave it ambiguous for now because this is an exorcist three episode, not one. So at the end of one, um, <laughs> Ooh, you got sassy on me. All right, all right, guy. No, I'm making fun of me. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, it was a long day at work. Um, <laughs> so, at the end of one, Karis falls down the stairs and he's fucked up and he's dying, right? Right. Like, at first, I was like, what, what did they? They were like, oh, he's dying. And everyone's there around him. And they're like, all right, he's dead. And they just all walk away and leave the body there. No, like, so they probably take the body to the morgue. Or something. And then at some point, like that's when the Gemini, that same that very same night, was executed. Yes. Yeah. And and Pazuzu is pissed off and knows about the Gemini as well, because he's paying it he's got his hands in a lot of pies, you know what I'm saying? And right. uh so he takes uh the Gemini's spirit and puts it into Karis that very night. And somehow, some way, Karis, you know, like maybe 
he possesses him with enough strength to just walk out of the hospital. But he's just found somewhere rambling, and then he's you know unconscious, and so he's institutionalized because they lose track of his identity somehow. That's where I was just like, wait, what? You know, that's where it got a little confusing for me. I mean, I, I think the plot hole there would be so they didn't have the body just goes missing. Then they don't have like a funeral or anything. Kinnerman never mentions any of that. Like that's not odd to him. I don't know. Like it's just yeah. Well, how is he going out killing? Like all right, so yes, Damien died in 1975, and then also in 1975, probably around the same time, right? Like for argument's sake, same night, whatever. Gemini Killer. James... No, uh, I said it was the same night. Right, okay, James uh, Venomon or whatever, he, he's he's killed, he's executed. Okay, so, boom, they're both dead on the same day. They find this person wandering around who's, I guess, Damien's body, possessed, and put him in an right. institution. So he's in there, right, like, right after his death, so to speak. Who did all the fucking killings, then? No, the, there was no Gemini killers for 15 years. Yeah, but who did the killings with, like, with the kid? The, um, what, what's his face? The first victim, Thomas uh, Kintry? Yeah, that's when he first wakes up and you see the Jesus statue come back to life. It was somebody from, I don't want to say asylum, because it's like, it's an institution, you know. It was someone else from the institution. That's when he started possessing people, because Zuzu is in there, too, and he manipulates the Gemini spirit to go from Karis to other people. So someone else killed that kid? Yeah, someone else killed all three of the, the two priests as well as the kid, but the reason it was all identical is because all three killings were done while the Gemini was possessing the person. Yeah. Right. And and he's just kind of able to sort of project himself all over the place. I mean, we see that with the nurse, but we don't really know who killed them. Like, they don't show the person that did it. No, we don't know. Who actually yeah. No, we don't. Because there's different fingerprints no. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But this is not easy to follow when you watch the movie. I know, but yeah. I, I feel like I've got a good grasp on it. You do. It's yeah. like, it took me a lot to get there, you yeah. know? Like, together. I'm, I'm, we're I'm not through. bragging. I'm, I'm, it's a fault <laughs> of the movie, but it bear, it, it benefits from rewatches. Yeah. But, wait a minute. But is it a fault of the movie, though? Because at the end of the day, that's like inconsequential bullshit. It really doesn't have any effect on the plot of the movie. No, you know what I mean? Like, I, no, does it, it really doesn't. It, it, you know what? I feel like it does because I think that a lot of people do spend, you know, time with the movie and try to understand the plot, right? Like, it's not like I'm watching just like some kind of, you know, music video where I don't care what's going on. I'm just sort of like taking it in and enjoying the visuals and like whatever, the, the sounds and stuff like that. I'm following the plot of this movie to like, well, what's going on? Because it's like a whodunit sort of thing. You know, a cop drama in, in a lot of aspects too so you know we're like the procedural stuff so i'm like all right i'm trying to follow upon a movie and if i'm trying to do that and i can't because it's just completely un- incoherent and that's what my issues are more than like plot holes i guess so to speak I maybe mean, i just kind of misspoke when i said that but like it's yeah, just incoherent so it's like i am spending too much time trying to fucking think like wait what you know for a movie like this to come out the exorcist one to come out in the 70s was a great time for the movie to come out because it was like a time after the 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 fall of uh, the first golden age of cinema in the 50s and 60s to where you know studios weren't willing to spend a lot on on films anymore and like you had so many movies come out during the 70s that were like different types of movies you know very character driven very 
unusual plots that people were willing to take risks on in different ways, you know, like Taxi Driver and, and The Exorcist and a whole bunch of other movies. Okay. And and I feel like as you got into, this was released in 1990, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes, it was. You know, and it, it was, it, I feel like it, the audience had changed so much by then, and it's even worse now that if this movie were to come out now, it, it could, there's no way it could be a mainstream movie because people just, in general, they they would be put off by like, oh, it's too convoluted, it's too confusing, where it's like, I love a movie like this because I want to like dig in and like, what the fuck happened? Like, and, and to be able to like answer the questions, and if you have the patience and you really like sit with the movie a couple of watches... I feel like a lot of the questions get answered, and I feel like it's it's really well done. It's just it's not it's not simple by any means, you know. No, not by any stretch of the imagination. And to your point, though, I feel like if these movies were made now, like if that's just one and three, we'll skip two. But if that's just one and three were made now, wouldn't they be a twenty-four movies? <laughs> Probably. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, like they have I, that vibe. They have that feel. Yeah, yeah. I think you're you're yeah. spot on with that because yeah. they're the people that are willing to take risks with that type yes. of film. It's, yeah, it's, it's, they're adventurous right. movies. Yeah, I would I would I would say like uh, Hereditary was like our modern day Exorcist. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And I did, and, and I feel disturbed, away with this. legitimately disturbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still feel that way when I watch The Exorcist. I haven't seen Hereditary since the first time I watched it. I've, I've seen it twice, but they were like. I guess within a year of each other, like relatively close together. And that was like three years ago. My first memory of this movie is, uh, when he says, when he, a decapitated head can continue to see for 20 seconds Mm. after moving it from the body. Like that, I, I walked into the middle of this movie. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? But just like, I was so intrigued by the the scenes in the pad itself. Yeah. It's just like, holy shit, this is so cool. Like I didn't know what I was watching, you know? Yeah. Well, he's like he steals the show. Uh Brad Dorf is always kind of over the top and Yeah. He's perfect casting for this character, I thought. And all of his dialogue is great. Like when you see Damien Karras, right, as like this this thing, it's not as like appealing, you know, uh, because we know him as a different character and like we we you know, we still sort of see him as like this hero and whatnot, but I feel like when you see him play, you know, as the Gemini killer, that pulls you in more to the villain of this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? So dark and so twisted. He's just so fucking good at that. That's what he did. You know, he's the eighties and nineties. I mean, he was he was the guy. He was so many like you know eighties horror movies where he you know just kind of went like all out, you know, and. uh played great characters and this is definitely one of like the better ones i think this movie is like very cool and i think that the way is just so like emotionally disgusted with reality it's so interesting because you know i and i think that was one of the things that <clears throat> even confused me you know seeing on a rewatch is the recasting um understandably but it would make sense you know considering the face swaps of the movie you know even if he doesn't physically look like that, but that's how he would be, you know, just so disgusted from seeing this life of just the darkest side of humanity. Because I would assume that most people that work in this grotesque level of like homicide detection don't maintain their careers into their 
60s you know they would probably get out you know while they still have humanity left in them you know well the, yes the, there's that and then there's also like the you know the other the other way to look at it and it's kind of the way i looked at it with this character was that like he doesn't know anything else what's he gonna do if he right. stops it's like a shark you know and I think that yeah. once they stop that, like those, some of those guys who are just so like hardened, I, you know, it's I get the impression like if he stops, he thinks about it too much. You know what I mean? So if he keeps going, he doesn't have to like have all the shit hit him from behind, you know? Yeah. And yeah. live in despair. Yeah. How he's so unhinged in some of the scenes where he like he yells, he snaps, he cries. He's just yeah. so like, shut the fuck up and listen to me, you know, kind of thing. But he's just so, like, unhinged. It's, it's so great. Yeah, he's volatile. He's emotionally <laughs> volatile. And it works. Like, it, it, yeah. it's, it's nice to see, like, a like a human character. And in a movie, like, he's very tough. But, like, he shows his oh, weakness yeah. constantly. And, it's, and, and I don't feel like it's a weakness, so to speak. I still feel like he's tough, even when we see those, those, those cracks. Because it just makes him human. And, like, we could just understand that more. You know, yeah. nobody's going to come into this and just be like, stone, like you're not going to have a Father Merit, you know, who just like walks in there like stone fit. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy shit going on. You know, he just yeah. be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and the breakdowns <laughs> and stuff like that, like this guy does, you know, and that, that makes more sense to me than the approach at the end when they're all like very pious and like, oh, all right, they're doing their prayers and stuff. Like, don't mind that. Just keep going. You know, like, it's just like, what? <laughs> um like Karis had a little bit of that, you know, obviously, and he, he kind of broke down during that part. But um, yeah, I, I, I so I get this character more. And I think it works. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I think the movie's so great. And, and you know, I don't want to harp on that thing that I was saying before about like it just being like, you know, incoherent or whatever. It doesn't it, like it doesn't take away from me. I don't want it to come across that like, oh, I don't like it because of this. I love the movie. It's just like if I had to make a small complaint, it would just be that because I feel like I've had to think about it too much. During the movie. And yep. it's and it's great now. Right. Like, I've seen it, whatever, I could watch it again. But, you know, I really picked up on that more because I watched this with my girlfriend. She never saw it before. So she's watching it and she's constantly asking questions. She doesn't really do that a lot. Like she, you know, she could follow yep. the movie. So for her to be like, I don't understand, like, what's this? What's that? When did he kill them? Like, I'm just like, ah, uh, you know, I was like, I don't even know some of the answers to that question. Like, some of them, I'm like, yeah, it's this, it's this. She goes, well, that's not really that clear. I'm like, I, I know. I was like, that's just kind of the way the movie is told. You know, the narrative is like a little, you know, hard to follow sometimes. Uh, and it's supposed, to, I guess it's supposed to be like that. And it's supposed to get people talking like we are, you know. I just don't think they were, they don't, I don't think they cared about all these little details. It wasn't important for them, for the story they were making. And I guess that's just where it is, you know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, that's... it's good for fans to talk about these things. But I think all in all, like, they don't really even think about it. You know, it's like one of those things that like, like oh, you think it happened this? And they're, they're probably like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And please get off my property. <laughs> and why are you wearing a clown suit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Blood or jelly? <laughs> well, speaking of jumps to, uh, I do want to talk about what this movie is famous for. And that is the greatest jump scare in movie history right that's what they label yeah. it as let's just say this do you feel that way now no okay it's pretty fucking great it's a great no scene. i don't think it's i don't think it's it a is. jump scare but oh i think it's jump scare it is a jump scare i just yeah. think it's the greatest no 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 i'm saying i think it was for a long time yeah it never made me jump um i understand like the the technical aspect of it and why it did maybe you know 30 years ago um I never got that. You know, I saw it a little bit later on anyway, um, where I was desensitized to that stuff. 
I was going to say, I, I think what makes that particular moment so iconic and makes it stand out so much is the fact that there are so many moments within that scene where you expect it to happen. Yes. Like you're just waiting for it. And then it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And then just out of nowhere. It does happen. When you finally think it's safe, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the zoom. That's in. when it gets you. It's that it's zoom in that gets you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing that kind the of gets you. Because I, I, I wa- so I was kind of like watching her in the corner of my eye when we watched this movie. Because I'm like, all right, does this have an effect on her? Uh, she jumped more when the um, the doctor was sleeping and like woke her up, you know. And I, yeah. And I know they do that, right, to relax you. Like, okay, the jump scare happened, and that's it. But then they rebuild the tension again. You're like, well, what the fuck's going to happen? And then the cop leaves. Uh, if you're paying attention to that, you know, like I did. Right. Um, and she jumped, but not really much. And I asked her afterwards. I'm like, you know, they consider this like the greatest jump scare in movie history. Um, at, did you feel like it was scary? And, and she didn't really get that. You know, she was just like, not not really. So I, I don't know. You know, I, I just I just think it's a different audience. And maybe like no I just one... Said, yeah. Something about it was so ingrained in my head that it was just so like... And I think it's when you think back on it. It's, it's very disturbing for some... Because it it's such a disarm. Yeah. It is. Like just a sheet over the head and the big in the big like clamp or whatever. It's yeah. it's a very like I'll, I'll say this I don't I, like I don't personally I'm not like take just to clarify like I don't personally consider a jump scare for me I never did I didn't even know that was supposed to be this great jump scare you know I saw the movie kind of on my own later on in life and then I heard about that after I'm like oh that scene but I do find that scene to be incredibly disturbing. And really, like, it's scary. It's a scary scene. It's cool looking, too, you know? I like that scene a lot. I think it's one of the better scenes in the movie. I, it just didn't make me jump out of my seat. So, like, that, that's why I was always confused about, like, well, why is it called that? And, like, I, I think it's because it's, like, when you remember back on it, even, like, I remember, like, when I when I would think about it, I would think about, like, the, the thing gliding and not walking, you know, the killer gliding yeah. almost. And that it's like, it happens so fast and with the flowing, like, you don't know what you're seeing. It's like, it hits you on a lot of different primal levels. Yeah. And it's such a, yeah, and I, I really, I would say if you were to consider it a jump scare, whereas, you know, when the, the doctor wakes up and yells at her, that's a jump scare, right? Yeah. You know, and to put them in the same class isn't fair because this is such a, uh, like a masterful you know, little scene, whatever it you is. want to call it, yeah, kill, it a kill. I think that's probably why it's renowned as it, it's lauded as this amazing jump scares because a surprise with a loud, you know, and you know, it, it's supposed to be scary. I, I guess ultimately, I get, I get what you're saying. It doesn't really feel, I don't want to say stereotypical, but just like a standard jump scare. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like there's, there's, there's bigger jump scares. Um, like, Matt, we watched The Descent together, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a pretty great one in there, too. I feel like that that really, you know, even when you know it's coming. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, that's one of the greatest, like, that that movie hits on, like, every single horror aspect there is possibly. <laughs> the Descent is, is nuts. It is a great movie, yeah. It's, it's a great flick, yeah. We should do that one, too. Yeah, we should definitely talk about The Descent. Not to be, I so, have a lot to say about that. So not to be a complete nerd, um... But, like, do you know, like, what the original jump scare was in, like, films? Let's see. It was a movie called The Cat People, um, and it came out in 1942. 
uh, this, this was a, a Val Luton movie. Uh, he had like a bunch of horror movies in the 40s, right, that kind of rivaled some of the Universal stuff. There's a scene in there. They, they do call it the original jump scare. Uh, most people do, like movie scholars and stuff like that. And you would not jump at all watching it now. But, again, like you could say, oh, I understand why, especially for an audience in the 40s. Because you could break down how that scene works, right, and say, oh, yeah, that's probably scared the living shit out of people, you know, because they weren't expecting it. But there's a there's a scene where a woman is is like walking in the streets at night and she feels like something's following her. And she's walking and she keeps looking back. She keeps looking back and we don't see anything but just dark shadows. And she's walking, walking, walking. She gets to like a like a light pole. And she's looking to like one side, that's like the left side or whatever. And we hear at the same time a loud hiss and a bus come from the right side. So, like, the audience is looking at that side, because you're in a theater, right? Like, you're not watching movies at home. The audience is looking at the theater on that side, and they hear a noise, and they get scared, and then something large, like a bus, comes into frame from the other side of the screen, right? It scares mm. the shit out of people. I saw this, and I saw the movie, too. It's pretty, it's pretty good. It has nothing to do with cat people, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where, like, they just had these titles, and they're like, that'll get people in seats, you know what I mean? People like cats. <laughs> like, they like them being people. So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of... No, I thought that that's interesting. I'm going to definitely uh, check out the YouTube of that. Um, I think all in all, we could all agree that this is a great movie. Uh, just not even like as a sequel to The Exorcist, but just a great movie in general. And it definitely is the best Exorcist movie. I, I, I've kind of, uh, I think, taken the side against a few things in this, just, just for the sake of having a discussion. But I do love the movie very much. Um, and it's definitely worth a watch for anybody that's interested in The Exorcist or... Into the kind of movie this sounds like to you. It's really good. It's a great horror movie. You said it's the best Exorcist movie. You meant Exorcist sequel, right? Yes, I meant a sequel. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I, I was like, well, you just throwing that in there? <laughs> you were one of those people. No. <laughs> Let's go. I didn't, you didn't know about that shit, huh? Um, you didn't know well, I knew you were a master debater. I just didn't know we were ready to throw down. <laughs> I, I, but I do want to, before we go, I do want to talk about the prequels briefly, uh, although we, we, we're not going to do uh, any kind of full dedication to it. Uh, just kind of talk about like what they're all about. Well, I'll, I'll, so I'll say this. Basically, the first movie we got was uh, a prequel to The Exorcist, right? And it was called Exorcist The Beginning. And yes. it, was, it came out in uh, 2004. They shot this movie. Uh, it was no good. People like... You know, test screenings or whatever you want to call it, like producers were not happy with this movie. They changed it significantly and then they released it to the public. And it did horrible, absolutely horrible. So they're like, all right, fuck it, we'll start over again. So in 2005, the next year, they just released that original planned movie. Uh, so it's the same fucking thing. And they call that one Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist. So it's really the same film twice and they're both terrible. Because uh, they, they, they couldn't get it right. That's just yeah. I mean, that's just really all there is to say about it. Yeah, I've seen them. I, it's been a long time, and you know, it's it's not interesting. It, we, we we follow a Father Marin, who's played by uh, Skarsgård, and uh, it's just one of those weird things. I think it's more interesting to know about like how they were made than to like actually the watch. The scenes them. is more interesting than the movie itself. Yeah, exactly. You know, you have the same actor playing the same character, you know, in, in, in both. And it's, it's strange, you know. You know, we didn't have, like, as much access to information like this back then. Because they didn't want people to know about all, like, the fuck-ups and stuff like that, right? I mean, although, the, right. you know, we had the internet, obviously, in 2004, 2005. But we didn't have as much information as we do now. And people didn't care as much and put things out there. And things weren't leaked and whatnot, you know, as much. 
So it was just more confusing back then to see both these movies. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, I thought I already saw this movie. You know, like there's definitely <laughs> people just watched this last year. Yeah, there's definitely people that went to the theater. But whoa, hold on a second. We just saw this fucking movie. They just tricked me into buying another ticket. I actually thought back then it was like a special edition re-release. That's what I thought it was. And I'm just like, oh well. It look it's the same movie. They just changed some scenes around, I guess. Um, but it, it's more it's more than that. You just you know if you see it a year a year apart and never think about it, that's kind of what you would I think assume. Right. I'm sure a lot of people did. But uh, yeah, it's a it's it's honestly they're 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 only worth watching if you just have like a you know a completionist kind of attitude about things or just some kind of morbid curiosity. But sexy vampire Tisa, no good, no dice. <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and we put it as a footnote in an episode. Two thumbs down. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, like, I saw Exorcist the beginning, I, but I did not see Dominion. Um, How do you know which one you saw? Yeah, that's what I, was, I don't know. I, I saw one or the other, and I was just like, this is stupid. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, no, actually, I'm being funny, but like, I'm, I'm also being serious. Like, Do you know for a fact which one you saw? Because they came out a couple months apart. I'm pretty sure I saw Exorcist the beginning. <laughs> now I can't be sure about anything. I blame Pazuzu. <laughs> this is what we're doing now, huh? We're just, we're just watching terrible movies in the theater. Well, not anymore. I didn't see the fucking new one. Well, I did, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> I did that for you. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> you owe me. <laughs> Nah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, to be fair, and you, it's you not. ran out to see that movie. Well, yeah. I, 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 I want, listen, not going to lie. I wanted to see it. I did. Yeah. It wasn't like I was dreading watching this movie. I wasn't at all. I had every intention of seeing that movie in a theater for the podcast and just because I wanted to see it. Right. And I can't tell you how fast my mind changed. Once the reviews started coming out and, wa- and, and and then like thinking to myself like, wow, like he disappointed me so for so many years with the Halloween. Like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, why, like, why support that, I guess you should say. Like, you know? Yeah. All right. So, the obviously, Exodus 3, strong recommendation, prequels. We barely talked about that. You know what that fucking means. So, uh, that's that. Uh, thank you guys for listening to uh, this uh, series of Exodus uh, reviews that we were talking about. Um, guys, pleasure. As always, good right. times. Uh, that's about it. Good fucking night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Hey, guys, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Also, you can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, and that's at Sexy Vamp Teeth. We also have Instagram at the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. So if you guys want updates on the show, please follow us on our social media sites, and make sure to tune in every Monday night for a new episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and good night. You've been listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. even know what drug you you know the whole thing about like the adam west joker is lsd and uh jack nicholson is cocaine and keith ledger is heroin and uh jared leto was meth mess yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
Whippets. <laughs> He'd be the... Anal nitrates. What's a lewd, man? Let's get some lewds. What the fuck's a lewd? <laughs> this guy's on, and that's what that is. 